Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, now, two guys who discovered that making toast in the bathtub just hits different. Chris and the Riz. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast episode 522, the Detroit Lions talent evaluation featuring Emery Hunt, the man football game plan himself. Uh, big one coming. He is he is fantastic. And by the well, I'll talk about that. I'm your dashing host, Chris, for the official Detroit Lions podcast of Reddit. And with me is my good friend and gorgeous co-host, Jeff the Riz Rist. And how you doing, bud? Ooh, I'm better than I was last week when I was... Uh expelling all sorts of unfriendly body fluids from myself during the show. I'm much better now, but thank you for those who were concerned, by the way. I was, it was nice. I was not actually dying. Um, I got better about Sunday. I thought I was going to catch something through the camera. It was, it was, violent. it was, it was not a pleasant time to be in my house. But, uh, yeah. All's well. We're, we're in off season mode now. It's kind of fun, you know, shifting into draft mode. You got all kinds of draft evaluations. I spent a good portion Probably, I'll brag about this to Emery, six to eight hours every day over the last couple of weeks watching college film, which is why I haven't been writing as much, why I've been interacting as much, to get my P's and Q's together for the draft. Um, I have now evaluated 194 players where I have final grades pending combine stuff. So yeah, it's been yeah. a busy time. I love it. It's my favorite time of year. Good news. I've been getting my F and U's together, so we're ready to roll. All right, we got a lot to talk about today. We got our warm-ups to get things going. You may have noticed the countdown's a lot shorter than it used to be, so the warm-ups are more important as everyone gathers. Bottom of the hour here. In just a few short minutes, we're going to have Emery Football Game Plan Hunt join us. And I got receipts, man. I got receipts. We'll talk about that. Uh, Assistant GM Lance Newmark, he joined the Commander's Hoops team. We'll talk about that. Uh, Brian, the Duke. Duker goes to the Dolphins. Mathieu Betts signs a deal with the Lions. we got a whole lot to talk about. Getting ready. Free agency is not too far away. Combine's even closer. And then we get to the draft. we got a lot to talk about as the Lions get ready to make that drive to the Super Bowl next year. Got that whole lot more. Riz, you ready to go, my man? Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. (laughs) Let's do this. All right. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, in the chat. Thank you for joining us live. Appreciate it. It's a good time. Um, The YouTube, it just shows me it it automated. They're going to throw ads at you. I will fix that in one second, folks. Let me just get this thing started and get kicked off. Moving. Get Riz talking. Get him talking. Uh, First thing I want to do. 
I hate how they do that. They are so adamant. They've they've turned off ad blockers and and, and stopped them. And on Chrome, they are doing everything they can to throw this stuff at people. It's like anyway. It's really lame. <laughs> it is. I can't say much because I just came from watching basketball on Huddle, and at the opening tip off of a game that I was interested in watching, they cut to four minutes of ads. Oh uh, I tuned back in, and, and the score was eight to two. I'm like, what the what the bleep? Why? Why stop yeah. this? And I, we have a paid subscription to that through our school. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, like it's all changing now, right? Every you you pay for for the the prime. Oh, don't worry, you get ads unless you pay more. It, everybody wants to. It's 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 a, it's a disaster. Um, yeah. We're working on our ad free feed for the 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 audio people. It's Patreon does not play well with our hosting provider, and I've it's like I have to turn into some top level kind of programmer to make this work i will figure it out i will figure it out for you folks but uh patreon people hold on tight i got you as soon as i can get you all right let's talk about this first we want to talk about key dates we got the warm-ups here key dates and we'll talk kc shortly um key dates of the nfl offseason we'll cover these as the season goes on but this is the first time so we'll, we'll we'll hit them a little bit deeper than we know we will as we go forward into the season but these are important things to know for you folks and the first one is on February 20th, five days from as we record this. Teams can designate the franchise and transition tags. Riz, are we going to franchise tag Jared Goff? Is that what we're going <laughs> to? I don't know. We have a whole lot of conversation well, in this space for the Lions this year, do we? <laughs> he's not an expired contract. I don't know. It's weird anybody. to me how many people who proclaim to be these Lions fanatics think he's a free agent and we have to sign him. No, he's under contract to 2024. Yeah. Um, they have his franchise tag control the next year after that, which is probably cheaper than also paying him an extension, which is something. Um, so I was in the huge show today and that was brought up. And I, that's not a terribly unfeasible course of action. Should the Lions choose to do it? I, I personally wouldn't do that. But, you know, if it comes to that, they, they have control of him for at least two more years of yeah. if they want it yeah. at, at, a, at a rate that would be cheaper than paying for that. If they if he's so inclined to acquiesce to that the yeah, idea so the, though of doing that to your quarterback who's done what he's done here is you know that's oof, it's not in character for the team and it's not a great way to instill the kind of performance you're looking for out of your quarterback it's <laughs> not but it's like in in his case so it'd be like 58 million straight cash guaranteed in one check that's true it's not a bad way to go no, um, no. Kirk cousins has changed the, the thinking again i Say about this also. It's, it's really true. He is he has revolutionized how quarterbacks specifically look at their contracts. They want more, and they want all guaranteed. Yeah. Now Deshaun Watson got what he did. That's just stupid on the Browns' part. It's their <laughs> problem. But it's not it's not seen as bad to like. Okay, well, I'm going to be in the last year of my contract. Goff's getting what thirty one this year, mm-hmm. and then he knows he's going to get fifty eight. I'm just throwing that number out there. The franchise tags aren't even set for this year, let alone next year. But it will be the 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 mean value of the top five quarterback contracts. That's probably going to be fifty eight to sixty million dollars in one fell swoop. That's not bad. That's more than he would get signing a new contract. And you don't have to, you don't have to be more and more people are becoming aware of that. You don't have to. And be mean uh, about then, it. then the next year after that, he can also sign. Then he can sign for. Three years, one hundred and fifty-five million dollars, one hundred and seventy million dollars, and because the capital have grown, then that they can probably more afford that. Then yep. Uh, yep. it's it's an option that you do have to consider. Do I think that the Lions would do that? No, I don't. But can't throw it out. 
Yeah. Um, nothing to worry about in, in franchise no. tag land this year from the Detroit Lions. And I, I have a feeling if they were to do that with Goff, I don't think they will. I think they'll put a deal together. But you're right. The that way players think about money. And if they were to, to do that with him, it would be in concert with him. And he yes. is, if he, I don't know if, how much folks recognize this part about Goff because I don't hear it talked about very much. But he is a very astute businessman. He is very wise and um he, he he's no dummy so whatever deal he gets is a deal that he's going to agree to even if it's a franchise tag he will not be an angry player on that one so anyway february 20th yeah. is a date we don't really have to think about this year for the detroit lions as far as tag uh, franchise tags transition tags uh february 27th through march 4th riz is back on the road getting the road again going for the nfl combine <laughs> he should come back spitting phlegm and fire at the same time. Um, we'll watch that. That's uh, it's always a great event. I, oh, I, absolutely I can't wait it. for that St. Elmo's sauce, man. That's yeah. Good yeah. Um, yeah, Better than the $125 lamb chop that I got there last year. <laughs> For sure. Uh, March 5th, deadline to use the franchise or transition tags. So we have that going for us right now. Uh, a free agency begins with the negotiating period on the 11th of March. That's where a lot of stuff is going to start. Uh, Legal tampering period. Yes. <laughs> and then the new year begins. Uh, the new NFL year begins on March 13th. We should have a New Year's party this year, Riz. Let's do something about that. Have a celebration. Little horns and little uh, goofy hats and stuff. Um Trades can be made. Players can sign new contracts. All kinds of good stuff happens. Then annual league meeting, March 24th through 27th. Off-season programs can begin on the 15th of April. On the 25th through the 27th is the 2024 NFL draft in Detroit. We will be there. We have some good stuff planned. Um, Things working in the background. I've got Tim. I got your email. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll get through this radio for one there, but uh, we've got, we've got, we'll talk about a private party going on. And then May 2nd, the deadline to exercise your fifth year option on contracts for 21, 2021 first round draft pick. So there's your key dates to the off season. <laughs> <laughs> they will uh, exercise they will. it, but they, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to stick to it. It just means that that will keep them in place. They can sign into an extension the very next day if they choose. Do they typically exercise options on a tight end like that <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's just fantastic i love today uh so there's the off-season dates i see emery has joined us we'll get him on here in one more second we have one more topic to cover as always emery is the most prompt person and i've got receipts He's for you emery don't you worry prompt. i've got uh we're gonna be we're gonna be spit some fire on your behalf uh, when we get here, this uh to, to you here to, it's gonna be fun um all right so let's uh let's talk about casey had the yeah. uh, the the absolutely spectacular win for them. Uh, you know, it was fine. It was good good enough Super Bowl. There's is some dead spots, but in the end, it was you know a, a nail biter at the end, which you love. Um, but the the parade, it was a tragedy. It was an absolute tragic event that something like that would happen. And you know, don't have all the details. Still, things are coming out. I just you know extend condolences to the victims and, and just feel terrible that an event that's so celebratory celebratory and joyful is marred by that kind of stupidity. And, you know, I, someone not a super bright thinker, right? But somebody said, you know, I'm so glad it wasn't in Detroit because if that would have happened here. People would have been, t-. I said, no, number one, it doesn't automatically transfer locations, but number two, Detroit is in a place again, unique, to the rest of the country while so many cities are having problems 
Detroit is absolutely rising right now, like a phoenix, and it's really doing well. It, it was the other way for so long, right? Detroit was having so many problems while the everybody else was starting to thrive. Uh, you know, not rooting against anybody, anybody to thrive, but you know, I just don't think that would happen to Detroit, and I can't wait to see. Detroit finally have their moment in the sun and please people don't prove me wrong with this one. This is, this is an uh, event that's it. meant for everybody to enjoy and celebrate the achievements and, and especially the connection between the team and the city and the co-located trajectories. We, we want that to be an, an excellent event. So condolences to those yeah. involved in Keith. It's, it's an awful event. It's a shame that it happened and, uh, uh, Hopefully it doesn't happen again, but yeah. I think that's pretty short sighted because it happens almost every day. And yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's a problem without a easy solution, unfortunately, because if there was an easy solution, we would have done it already. And yeah. uh, it just, it sucks. Um, I know a couple of people who are at the parade and a, a friend of mine flew in from Buffalo to Kansas city to go to the parade. And yeah. uh, this is his lasting memory of it. Unfortunately, that's terrible. Yeah. Sorry. You had to go through that, Andy. I really am. All right, let's uh, let's go right to it. Um, we did our warm ups. I'm going to skip back to pass the next topic, and I'm going to bring in the guest with yeah. the most. Spoke to him a little bit at Senior Bowl. We have CBS Sports HQ, the man known as Football Game Plan, Emery Hunt. Emery, how you doing, man? So glad, so glad to see you again. You're doing fine, guys. As always, I appreciate you having me on. Oh, that's great, man. I, I, watching you work is always inspirational. But before anything, I want to bring the receipts. Because there was a lot of conversations after last year's show when you, you talked about running backs in particular. And I've got your guide open right here. And number two had people freaked out. Bijan Robinson. And number one on your guide was Jameer Gibbs. And people, Lions fans, other fans were like, what is Emery talking about? And here's the man. We got the numbers. We got the season results. You do your work, Emery. You know what you're talking about, bud. <laughs> uh, th- that's it. Listen, if you do it right, you only got to speak once. And so I don't know why people were just so why, – why that was considered a hot take. It's not like I had B. John Robinson 38th or something like that. And, you know, he was right there number two. With, and I said he had one of the higher grades in since 2018 uh, at the position. So – but yeah, be, uh, watching Gibbs and and watching his film, I was just shocked that uh, you know not a lot of people kind of had that thought that he could potentially be number one or the top back. And again, it's still early, but you know, yeah. just watching him and watching that Alabama tape and his Georgia Tech tape, it's like his explosiveness is next level, and that is something that translates. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He and we've seen Gibbs this year. People just. Fell in love. Of course, positional value. You never take a guy like Gibbs where we did. A lot of people were quieted there. But this is the thing about Emery. And this is the thing for folks who didn't watch last year or haven't seen Emery on our, on our show before. Emery spends the time. <laughs> he does the work. And Emery, if you would, I want to spend a good bit of time just talking about your process here. And then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the draft guide, too. But I, w- I want people to understand what what makes someone like you show up with your ratings and get it so right so often you you, you just you figure it out you put in the time that's i mean that's where it starts right well yeah it starts with that and um and you know you guys are jeff knows this too like i've been knowing jeff for a long time where you know you don't um subscribe to to group think or what the consensus is so and i told you you know chris down at the uh 
at the bowl game. I don't I don't start my process until I'm at the bowl games, the all star games, because I'm doing college football and NFL coverage all throughout the season. So I haven't really studied anybody until we start doing the all star game circuit. Then I jump into the film. So my draft process really starts now. Um, and full disclosure, I, I just finished grading tight ends today. And, we're, and I'm moving on to wide receivers tomorrow. And the, the thing about it is we're talking about 12-hour days, 5 a.m. wake up through about 6 o'clock um, p.m. and just grinding the film to not make sure you you watch all the guys that you have listed, all the guys you've seen at All-Star Games. And then you put a grade out there. You put an evaluation out there. So it's it starts in January and it ends around late March. And therefore, I'm able to talk through a thousand or so prospects uh, because I've sat there and watched these, these guys play. Now, granted some, well, what always shocks me is how, you know, if someone covers the draft all year round, you should have that level of, of insight on maybe 2000 players. Right. Um, so that's why when I say something, man, I just watched three games of this particular player and this is what I saw and this is what I'm a stick by. And that's why mine, uh, tend to look and, and and read that way is because hey this is all I I notice on these three uh, three games and here you go so there's no you know letting the combine sway me or whatever guy on you know major network media sway you with his rankings like now nah, you just you put your rankings out there and you wait till the games are played and then you let the chips fall where they may we saw that play out again I got flame for Gibbs. And we saw that play out. I got flame for the Chiefs' first round pick at defensive end, and where I had him graded essentially as a uh, you know third round type player. Because if you guys notice, like the number grades are what they are, but you may have like thirteen guys with the same number grade, right? And it's right. bunched, but you grade so many, so you got to rank them. Um, but you know, and the guy was a healthy scratch for two playoff games and got on the field for the Super Bowl. Had a nice you know TFL. Uh, but again, people flame me for having him rank 30th or something like that out of the defensive and edge rushers when I had guys ahead of him that went in the second round or third round and ended up playing really well yeah. um, and starting in some cases. So you just let it play. Whether you're right or wrong, you put your work out there and you just let the chips fall where they may. Because at some point, we're going to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, and Riz, I know I, I just want to jump in because I, I really want to kind of talk about how deep Emory is. Because people, that, so many people do their draft boards. They put this out. They they haven't spent the time. They haven't watched the tape, and they are kind of following the school of fish. They're just another fish found on what other people write, and they they look at what Emery writes, what Dane writes, and they 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 just kind of oh yeah, that'll fit in there somewhere, kind of a thing. I mean, I don't know how. I can't remember off the top of my head how many quarterbacks were drafted last year total, but you ranked eighty two freaking quarterbacks <laughs> think about the amount of work and effort and i want i want to talk about you do this for every position we talked about this at the senior bowl up uh, you know up there tell us how you how, how do you get 82 guys ranked how, how do you start and then what what happens in the middle there well you know, it, a lot of it starts with the um you know the guys that you see at the all-star games it, it would be a waste of my time to go to all of the different all-star games and not have a report on at least 90% of the roster, right? Yep. Because why would I go? I could easily just wait for the combine list to come out and just start grading 300 players and, and be done with it in, a, in you know, three weeks, right, yeah. two weeks. Yeah. Um, but, no, nah, you know, it, it, it also we've seen this happen a lot uh, during the season. You know, guys get injured, guys go down, guys get signed, and, 
fans and, and media are wondering, like, who the hell is this guy we just signed? And then, boom, you have a report on him. And, guys, also, you want to see how your work uh, matches up with what actually happens out on the field. So when guys sign, whether it's, you know, for preseason or in the UFL, CFL, maybe they go overseas to the European League of American Football, and you're like, wow, this guy's playing like I, I said he would play in my report. That's pretty cool to know that you're on the right side of things. So, you know, it's, and it's also cool because we said we, we talk about this a lot as, you know, former athletes. It's, it's nice to know that somebody at least took the time to check you out and, you know, gave an opinion on you, yeah. whether it's good or bad. At least you would now have record of, man, I, I play ball. Right. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. I think as humans, you'd never want to be forgotten about. Yeah. And yeah. so a part of me just feels that way. You know what, man? Let me do this. Let me. I could easily have graded twelve quarterbacks, but <laughs> well, why, man? Like that eighty fifth guy, probably like, man, that's pretty awesome. I got a scouting report, and he carried that for the rest yeah. of his life. Yeah, you know and, what I'm saying. And and, and I, well, I'll give one more here. A guy that we we know and love, a friend of the, the show, and he he mentioned that it was important to him, Jerry Jacobs, and you gave him some really good reviews. I mean, you and you nailed him as a player. You you found him, you nailed him, and nobody was talking to him. We get him as a UDFA. He did some real good work here for a while with the Lions. We'll see. You know, he's he's a young kid. He's he's rough around in some areas, but he he's got he's all heart, man. And if anybody can do it, he's the kind of guy. But you had a great report, and when we look at that, and we look at what we saw in Jerry, it's like, wow, I'm, this is him. This is our guy, man. That's that's good stuff. He appreciated it. I know that for sure. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, what's oh, funny is, is um, I, I tweeted this out maybe about a month ago, or when the Lions got to the playoffs, or maybe it was week seventeen or eighteen. I was like, it's pretty because I was on Ross Tucker's show that I do every Monday, and and. I was like, man, it is pretty awesome to see the Lions doing great things because that's what an Emory Hunt GM team would have looked like. You know what I'm saying? With all, all my top five players that at positions like, I mean, Alim McNeil. Like we can go down the list, but I, like a lot of yeah. the guys I had the top five at their position and a lot of guys at number one, the Lions got them. I was like, well, you know, hire me then because here's what here's yeah. what a GM – uh, Emory Hunt, the GM team would look like. I, I, you, you need an all grit hoodie. Uh, get rid of the all juice. Let's go all grit, man. You're you're our Lions guy right here. <laughs> so, Emory, I got a question for you about. Um, I know you do your three games. Do you intention? So when I when I am doing three games, I try I try to watch more, and I I, do, I don't do as many people as you. I will probably have between four hundred and four fifty by the end of this year um, for the draft. But I always try to find their best game, their worst game, and, like, a normal game. Do you do any, like, selective criteria like that or just you like, oh, okay, this is what I got. Let's, let's go with that. No, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what I do. Best game, worst game, um, and best possible matchup. And I know that's, you know, kind of like what you see from skill players or, you know, uh, skill players on defense, right? But for the O-line mm-hmm. and, and for some D-line, it's like, okay, maybe you can't have a statistical game, um, as an offensive lineman, but what's the best matchup? You try to watch three of the best matchups, whether it's an individual player or a scheme, you know? So if I'm a offensive lineman or, uh, you know, or defensive lineman, uh, you know, um, no, uh, let's say a linebacker, this is a better example. If I'm a linebacker and you got a game against a service Academy, I want to watch that. You know, I want to watch how your your discipline is, watch your eyes, watch how you get to the football, watch how you get off cut blocks. You know what I'm saying? Um, if mm-hmm. you were an offensive lineman in the Big Ten, 
Uh, best believe I'm going to watch a game that you play against Ohio State or Iowa, you know, and, and vice versa. So you want to see how, you know, certain guys handle schemes, matchups, uh, personnel, because uh, it gives you the, the the best, I think, look and projection uh, moving forward. Yeah. Talk about so we've got 85 quarter or 82 quarterbacks last year. <laughs> Still crazy to me, right? It's such a big number of guys in a position where it's it's way more, you know. Anyway, it's nuts to me. How do you find the difference? How do you find out that there's a number 52 or a number 36, right? How is it that you differentiate from top to bottom on these? What's your process to get there? Oh, you just keep grading. And, um, you know, I grade a position all the way through. Like I just told you earlier, I graded tight ends, right? So all I watched was tight ends from start to finish. And so, therefore, when you see a Brock Bowers and you see, you know, a Jeff Risden, you you know, okay, there's a difference here. And then in between that is just kind of like data points. Because if you're watching the same position uh, straight through, you kind of pick up quicker um, what stands out, what doesn't. You, you get through the tape faster by still watching the same amount of games. You just kind of like – able to process quicker of what, all right, I've seen this before. I, I know this before. I, I, okay, I can move on to the next clip or the next game or whatnot. It's no different than um, I think also one of the biggest benefits is making sure, you know, me being at, at, at an NFL camp all the time, right, and practice all the time. So you're seeing up close what NFL athleticism is, and you know what works in the NFL, and that kind of helps you you know, trim the fat too. And like, okay, well, yeah, this may be a good football player, but is this NFL good? Yeah. Or is this CFL good? Or is this, you know, uh, you know, UFL good? Like what what plays athletically and uh, from a skill pr- perspective, but having all of that, you know, background information kind of helps you process and get through the film quicker. Now on your scouting report on Risden, did I, I remember you said he had the Riz. Do you think he still does? <laughs> Always, always. Like, that's something you don't lose. You born with that. <laughs> I'm bigger than Brock Bowers, by the way. <laughs> All right. You probably look, you look like you're in better shape compared to the, uh, f- the uh, photo that I came out of the combine. That was not a good I look for him. But, uh, I hope that's not Brock Bowers, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll see in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, 6'3 right. and uh, 230 is not a place to be if you want to be an NFL tight end. Apparently that's what he's at. I don't know. Um, one of the things that I have always appreciated, I've told you this to your face, so it's not anything new, is that you don't care what teams think. And, like, you're not – when you you don't really – do you even do mock drafts? Like, I don't think you do, do you? Like, I, unless I, I you're used like to do on, on a YouTube channel, I used to do uh, a midseason mock. Um, and yeah. then I do a I, – I still do this now for CBS Sports. I do yeah. – two separate mocks. I do a what would I do mock, which is the mocks that I've always done. Right. Uh, what, what I would favorite. do is based up GM. And I do a small school mock where, I, you know, the purpose is to introduce the the viewer to small school prospects that are FCS and below. Because um, mock drafts, you guys see it, they they so redundant. You know what I'm saying? So do something yes. that you would do as GM in a small school mock, and I'm good on mock drafts. Just those two I, I usually do. That's good. So when you're so the point is is that when you're putting these grades out, you're not on your evaluations, you're not swayed by seeing everybody mocking Drake May number two or everybody mocking um Darius Robinson of the Lions now, because that seems to be the hot flavor this week. Like that doesn't 
impact you at all. And I, I just wanted to say that I really appreciate it. As somebody who does have to do mock drafts, unfortunately, I get paid to do them, and they suck doing them, um, and I try to outsource them as much as I can. But, you know, I, I just want to say, man, that's it's great that you can be that, like, team agnostic with your evaluations. Um, and that's something that not many of us get to do. So I wanted to just say I really appreciate that from you. No, I appreciate that, man. And and listen, it's you know when I do a mock draft, it's based off what I what I see fit as the team need or what I would do as GM. And a lot of that, you know, is is when you do a lot of these scouting reports, you know, the, the back end of the roster is transient as it is. Um, you know, I think a lot of mock drafts tend to focus on the first round, and you know, hey, may, maybe the answer is already on the roster, right? So yeah, if you know the be. roster. You could you could say okay well I could bypass this position. Um, let's say if somebody said the Lions need a corner, I'm like all right well yes but maybe they re-sign Jerry Jacobs maybe he is able to stay healthy and that's an answer you know for one of those spots and so you can go in a different maybe a more maybe a more immediate need somewhere else right just using that as an example sure sure um, yeah. but that's that's how I go about the mock draft is like because I'm, I'm I, I like to 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 treat the the, the, the first guy on the roster, number one, as I would number 68 or 75 or wherever we're at now before camp, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, because there's a lot of teams have these guys on the roster. There's a plan for these guys that are on the roster. So maybe they were working with someone on a practice squad all season, and now there there's a plan for him to at least be a, a key reserve or maybe in some cases a step-in starter because, hey, we're going to let this other guy walk in free agency and we're not going to draft the guy here in the first round because we already had that answer in place. It's that whole, you know, hey, we could draft this cornerback in the sixth round. He could be anything. He, he could even be Jerry Jacobs, right? Which which you know what you have already, right? The whole family guy meme. <laughs> right. It's exactly what, I mean, it's always the, 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 the shiny thing always draws people's eyes. And it's really that talent evaluation piece, understanding what you have and having a plan for it is, is so important. Um, let me go into your draft guide because this thing is just packed. Um, I'm just taking Gibbs from last year. It's, 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 it's everybody's it's close and everybody loves our Jameer um, elite level vision. You talk about his strengths here, explosive short area quickness. And, and I'm just hitting the first sentence on a whole paragraph of information. Uh, versatility is another strong trait. Uh, Top notch kickoff returner uh, areas for improvement, right? There's sometimes he's a bit too patient and then goes on and talks about that. Uh, a whole thing of career accolades, all the thing he's done throughout the career, uh, Position vitals, and this is this is you, these are your grades for each of these areas, right? I mean, these are you and what you watch and your things. We have vision, elusiveness, athleticism, balance, agility, quickness, speed. This ain't Madden ratings. This is way power, fluidity, explosiveness, pass pro, receiving awareness, and a full scouting grade. And then you give them a positional rank against all the other running backs. And then you talk about the games you watched. You put a player comparison there, Alvin Kamara, and uh, your your scouting board, big rank, your big board rank. And then you do this for all of these players. This is a thousand and sixty five pages last year. Emery. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how long does it take you to do this? Listen, well, <laughs> I would say starting January, maybe I, I started right after the season where you get an idea of some guys that are either declaring or some guys that are announcing that they're going to be being, they're going to play an all-star game. So I try to get a jump start on the quarterback position then. 
But by January 15th, I'm in the middle of my second All-Star game. So you kind of have or you got the drop dead date of these guys have to declare. It'll get easier once we get back to regular. You know, if you're a senior, you're a senior. Right. Um, And not this COVID year or this bonus year. Um, But, you know, so you got to get a start in December, a light start. But then I'm traveling all month of January. Um, So I would say February is when I truly dive into it. And it takes me about a good two months to really go through a thousand something players. And it depends on, you know, the, 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 uh, the amount of guys, right. This class, I feel like, you know, is, is not going to be well over a thousand. We may just be at a thousand. Cause a lot of guys, I feel like went back to school. Right. Um, so it all depends, uh, but it does take me about two months. Went back. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I already had Another to move, school. um, like 20, quarterbacks I had grades for into 2025 you know because they decided to go back to school so think about that that so but it does take about a good two months and that's in between all-star games uh combine and another all-star game that I got to go to uh next week the HBCU legacy bowl so it's it's like yeah, so you you knock you knock. You were also just out at the Super Bowl too. So I was out at the Super, Bowl. and and that's the other part too. And so when people say, "Hey, man, why don't you come out and hang out?" And this like it may seem like I'm anti-social, but nah, it's like I'm like I'll get up early before practice starts, or in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl case, before I had to be on set, I'm grading film, uh, working on a draft guy. Once I'm done with on set, or once I'm done with practice at an All Star event, I'm. I probably go get, grab something to eat then, right after practice, mm-hmm. or I go back to the room, knock out some more hours of, of grades, and then go quickly grab something to eat just so I can, you know, continue to mow this thing yep. down. Um, and, and that's the thing. Because, again, if I did this, if I just covered the draft all year, the draft guy would be done by the time All-Star Game Circuit hit, right? But it's just, just not how things work. So what I'm hearing is you have no idea what you're doing and you mail this in. Is that, is that basically the problem? (laughs) 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 No, a lot of work here. So I know you're working on it right now. Is it, it's usually right around the beginning of April that the draft guide comes out. Is that still the plan? Still a plan. Um, You know, it's, it's, I'm excited to dive into wide receivers. Usually receivers and DBs by the nature of the position is going to be over a hundred prospects. So that's usually the, the larger, time of sure. you know evaluation um but yeah it's, it's looking like late march like it was last year first week of april yeah and how, how it's Be definitely it, before the draft there you go and it's what well, it's ten dollars yeah, the, the guide when it comes out ten dollars is it i'm trying to remember 10 15 bucks oh that was that was three years ago or four yeah. years ago it was ten dollars twenty five dollars twenty five dollars it's right. still worth every right. penny i mean it's worth every which penny. is still Absolutely. i mean think about it. You're, every penny you're getting not only just you're getting a draft guide you're getting a, a a guide for forever because you could always refer to this when the Detroit Lions signed someone who was a part of the 2021 class. And if you got a 2021 guy, you can pull up. What was the scout report say? And and this thing to me is uh, it's the is it's so media friendly. It's so fan friendly because it's a quick read. There's no there's not a lot of wasteful information, in my opinion, in it. No, it's, all it's about media. what can a guy do? Where can he improve? You know who who he's compared to. Where's the strengths are like simple, you know, easy to easy read, easy follow, and then you move on. It's the football that guys way, carnivore yeah. diet. It is all meat. Yeah. No, and there's no carbs in here at all. 
Right. Like when the when the Lions signed Matthew Betts out of the CFL, we can go <laughs> right. back to your 2019 guide, and he's right there. And like, it, we know, we know right, what or, you know, or you can go to the the interview I have of him on YouTube when he was at the East West Shrine Bowl. Um, you know, you can follow my tweets yep. from the CFL season when when this guy was getting a sack a game. I think he finished with like the league lead in sacks. Yeah, he had eighteen and eighteen games. Yeah, he he would have he would have he had like three more that got taken away from like penalties. Uh, but he was a monster for the BC Lions, and See, and so you know that that's the stuff that that's in the guide, right? That type of information and that type of recall. Um, and unfortunately, he was a 2019 class, so that was before I put the guide in digital form. Right. So it was you had to go to my YouTube channel to see where I had him ranked. Uh, but I have a big paper folder of different of the years prior to that. Um, big binders like this yep. big of yep. where the you know I had these handwritten scout reports. I wish I would have spawned oh, up yeah. earlier. But he, you know, the thing is, <laughs> like here's here's again, you you make the point so well. We anybody else? Looking at, at him right now is saying, oh, well, here's his stats. No one knows he had three called back on penalty, right? On somebody else's penalty right. that wasn't his. Nobody has that kind of information on this guy. So let me, fans are really, what do we know about this guy? What do we know? Can you just give us a little bit on him for Lions fans now? We've got him. We signed him to this contract. He's on the roster. What are Lions fans getting uh, in bets? They're getting a guy that does. He's kind of like Kaminsky. He's kind of like Hutchinson where, you know, he's someone that he doesn't stop. Like, you know, he comes around the corner. He's going to keep trying to get to the quarterback until the whistle blows. So he's a, a, a true relentless pass rusher. And in the CFL, it is all pass rush, right? And, you know, you got quarterbacks that get rid of football quickly. Um, you got to really get back there right away. A lot of athletic quarterbacks as well. And for him to have 18 sacks is just insane. Because and, and it was a big sense of the timing, too, um, where, man, they, they need to stop. They need a big play here. And then, boom, here's the sack, Right. And it was just that that rising to the moment for Matthew Best. That was just always impressive. And it, it shows you that guys, when they enter, may not be where they need to be. Um, and it took him a while, you know, because I know he had a couple, you know, training camp stops when he was a, a rookie coming out of, um, you know, Laval and coming out of, yeah. this, you know, the U Sports League. So now you're looking at, man, this guy's a pro. He's a legit pro. He has pass rush moves. He has he had a little bit more strength to his game. Um, so the Lions are getting a better version of Matthew Betts, who was still a, a, a terror in the, you know, in the CFL and still was a terror in college at the, you know, the U sports level um, up there. And so they're getting a better version of what, you know, what we saw at the East West Shrine Bowl that year um, was a guy that was just a little bit raw, but, you know, he had some raw ability. Uh, he had some twitch, you know, he just, and, and again, remember up there, they're playing a yard and a half off the ball. Yep. So for right. those Canadian guys to come and play in the States and see the and be close to the ball and see the consistency of athleticism, strength that they don't see up north. Yes, it's not going to look good for a, a point of attack player uh, coming from the CFL or coming from a Canadian college. And in a three to four day practice, he's not going to be dominant because he hadn't seen this level of you know elite athleticism and strength and you know, being close to the ball. But now what the Lions are getting, and I hope he gets a fair opportunity because he could be that swing rusher that they're looking for opposite of Hutchinson. I mean, they did a good job last year just rotating guys out there yep. and getting guys active. And, you know, so you saw Kaminsky do a great job. Uh, another one that was coming from a small school in Charleston that, you know, you know, didn't get the time he needed in Atlanta. 
Uh, but now he hit, he got it with Detroit. He's been a, a fantastic rotational player for them. I think, you know, if Betts gets the same opportunity, he'll do the same things. Yeah, yeah. And that's I, I feel like this is one of those kind of the glowing red eyes meme for Brad Holmes. He finds these guys and he pulls them in. And and if if he's going to get a chance anywhere, it's in Detroit. That's the one thing the Lions do is they if you play you if you play in practice, you play in the games. And that's I think that's part of what's built the culture here for these guys. A lot of folks. That, asking, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm about to say I need to see if, you know. There's a ghost account on my Twitter, like BH underscore Lions fans um, <laughs> that, that follows me. because I love what the Lions do every time, you know, since Brad Holmes has been there. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's 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 been spectacular. And that was one of the things in the in the Rams Lions matchup in the playoffs. This one of the stories that I was really up. I don't say uptight, but I was really bummed that it didn't it didn't play out in the media was it was all about the Matthew Stafford story. To me, there was so much a Brad Holmes story of where he came from and the fact that the the, the, the apprentice is now the master, right? And that was such a great opportunity and uh, got passed over. And he's a guy that deserved kind of, I think, a, 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 a bunch of good words in the press for for what he's built here in just three short years from where it was. What I, what I love about Brad Holmes is the same mindset that Jeff talked about that I have. Like, listen, you got to pick for your team. You know, damn everybody else. Damn the, 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 you know, the consensus, quote unquote, you know, when you're out there in this week six, do you care that Jameer Gibbs was taken where he was? You just care that he's a great player. You don't nobody's talking about positional value or round value. You want to know if the guy out there is good or if he's not good. And you have to go out there and pick your team. You got to go out there and play with the team that that you pick. And Brad Holmes, you know, is doing exactly that. And that's why I just love his approach. Like, man. We represent the Detroit Lions. This is the Detroit Lions that we're putting out there. We're building for our team. We're getting the best guys for this team. We don't care about Emory Hunt's rankings or this network's rankings. We care about the dudes that's going to be on this team. Can they play? That's who we want. We don't care where we draft them. We're drafting good players regardless. They better care about Emory Hunt's rankings because I know BH Lions fans <laughs> picked up football game plans draft guide. <laughs> so that's coming out. We're looking at that beginning of April. I'd love Emory to have you back on when that comes out and argue with the the number one, number two running backs again. And then we wind up with a guy that just smokes the <laughs> smokes everyone's expectations. But footballgameplan.com. Yeah. Footballgameplan.com. Footballgameplan.com. That's where you're going to find this when it comes out. And Emory. Footballgameplan.com slash 2024 draft guide. Now, if you want the other editions, you just go footballgameplan.com slash 2020 draft guide, 2021 draft go. guide, like go. that. All right. All right. There you go. I got it. Like I said, I've got it open right here. I've got four years of these things sitting here that I, I, I refer back to. And, and that was the number one thing, because I remember talking about Bijan and, and not calling it a task, but having you explain why, how do you have Bijan behind Gibbs right last year? And, and, and I know not just from what was on our show, but people were like scorching, like, what's everybody talking about? And here we sit today and it's like, folks. There's no just just look at the proof because it's right there. It's right there in the pudding. So, uh, Emery, we've had you for a half hour. I really appreciate you coming on. We'll yes. see you in August or August. God, we'll see you in April. It's another A month. <laughs> as soon as this guy drops, I'd love to talk to you again and uh, start talking about uh, some of these rankings and some of these players. And then maybe think a little bit about what you think the Lions need and what they, they might be looking at. Appreciate it, guys. Always looking forward to it, man. Yeah, Love you, Emery. Thank you so much. Thank man. you, Emery. Thanks, buddy. All right. We'll talk to you. Emery Hunt, 
Football game plan. CBS Sports HQ. Love that guy. Oh, he's so he is so he is someone that I really, really look up to and respect and has been he makes me grind more because I want to be more like Emery. Um yeah. even even if our evaluations don't agree at all. I, I respect the hell out of him and I always have for a long time. We've been good friends for a long time. It's great to get him on here and I hope that more people learn about people like him doing the work that he does because he puts so much time in. I'll, I'll, does the work. He talked about <laughs> um, not really going out. I can attest to this. Every time we are in the same place, I will invite him out to dinner. I think he's taken me up on it twice in close to 15 years that I've we known were, him. We were supposed to go out to dinner like, three times just, just at the what, Senior Bowl race. Just what he does. He gets, he gets wrapped up in the work. I respect that, man. Um, I'm telling you, this this last Senior Bowl this year, I was messaging him. We're supposed to go to dinner three times. <laughs> he just got caught up. It's like uh, you yeah, and I almost wound up, and that's you and I yeah. almost wound up to, out to dinner when we didn't plan on it, thanks to a parade. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> if freaking if it, Mardi Gras, if it makes you happy, I and I don't know yeah. if you saw me tweet it. I, I was drinking Wet Willie's. <laughs> call a cab <laughs> during the Super Bowl. <laughs> it just it yeah, makes you feel a little was, better. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I snuck out. Um, I, I had a very nice police officer. His name was Eric, who let me out like as soon as the parade cleared the, the back yeah. way out from the holiday. Yep, yep. I, he I let me out from my like, room. I can see like, it. I was thanks, like, dude. Oh, I think thanks, bro. <laughs> Poor guy, brother. I felt so bad. I was like, Riz is absolutely cursing my name right now. Oh my! I, God. So I will. I will say, I sat in the lobby, and I wrote my my report for the day, and I got my work done, and then that was right with the So it, it wound up being okay because I would have had to have done the work anyway. So it was it was nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I love memory. I miss sitting with him at the Shrine game itself. Yeah. Uh, he and I sat next to each other in the press box for, I believe it was seven years in a row. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, he's a great guy. Great. Guy. I, um, I have to admit, I miss those hot dogs and, and looking down at you guys from the NFL streets. <laughs> Sweet. Right next to, uh, God, what's his name? The old, was, the old, uh, Raiders. God, what was his, um, Keep wanting to say Mayhew, uh, the old Raiders GM. He was uh, NFL oh, network guy. Um, Mike Mayock. Mayock, yeah, Mayock, yeah. yeah. I, he, I was in the suite next to him and uh, what the ears guy as they were doing the the calls. Andrew Siciliano. <laughs> I'm not good that's, with names. I'm not good with names. I'm not either. I know numbers. That's that's one of the things actually. I, I've talked with Emery about in the past. When he's watching, I know he's looking numbers more than he's looking name. Yeah. Um, and I I have sort of fallen into that too. Like I. 15 from, from Western Kentucky. I know who that guy is. I don't know yep. his name, but I know who he is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's how I track like at the senior bowl, right? I mean, because yeah. it's easier. And then, and then I like when we're going and I have my notes on the paper, which I have like, sitting yeah. right here full of it, uh, I, it's it's number. And then I then I like, read the name next to the notes while I'm while I'm doing the work. It's, it's I'm not going to keep I'm not going to keep saying Suomata'ia either. You know, I'm just going to say 68. Yeah. <laughs> I, I only said it once. Right. So good for you. Uh, all right. Let's get into it. Uh, assistant GM Lance Newmark from the Detroit yeah. Lions joins the commanders, the Washington commanders basketball team. A um, little bit of a loss, huh? It is. So he joins Martin Mayhew there. But Newmark was actually part of the group in Detroit that hired Mayhew. He was a first-year Matt Millen hire. 
climbed his way up. I believe he was a regional scout at the beginning. He worked in pro personnel. He worked in college personnel. Of late, since um, the departure of Brian Zanders, and that was near the end of the Mayhew era, I want to say, wasn't it? I guess he, mixed up. He, I, yeah, he, he, it was. Didn't he? Le- yeah, he might have lasted one year With into Quinn's Quinn yeah. and left. Yeah, um, that's I'm not, I think you're right. That yep. He's but, right. So Xander's big thing was he helped a lot in the time that he was in Detroit in organizing the scouting to make it more focused. Like if you go back to Martin May, one of May- Mayhew's drafts, he drafted th- he drafted three corners and all three of them were very different types of players. Like know what kind of defense you're running before you just draft like Bill Bentley. Yeah. I liked him coming out of Louisiana. Actually, he's he's a fellow Raging Cajun with with Emory who was a running back for the Raging Cajuns. Yeah. But I'm like he doesn't fit at all with their what defense are trying. They ran a zone corner, they ran a press corner, they ran a, a slot corner who wasn't quick. Like it didn't make any sense. So he helped organize all that stuff. Newmark took that after Xander's left and was a, a lot. He's not the only guy who did this. So it's not like they're losing all this. But he was sort of the spearhead of coordinating pro scouting reports, color scouting reports, and integrating technology into it and also analytics and what types of analytics they wanted to find relevant in their scouting process. He was very big in that. Now, again, he was not the only guy that did that for the Lions, but it was kind of his thing. And uh, that, that won't be super easy to replace. Absolutely. So um, the, 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 the data piece of it is really interesting. Uh, if, we, if folks remember, Brad Holmes said it was going to take two to three years to get his system in place with the Lions. Now, returns, early returns on Brad's drafting have been really, really good. But it may be a case where Lance is like, OK, I've, I've helped get us to where we need to be. It's on to the next challenge now. And let's face it, the, the commander's basketball team covets everything Detroit Lions and, and they're grabbing what they can. But, hey, hopefully they'll be able to get a couple of uh, three pointers along the way. And keep in mind, he's he's been here for 26 years. He was never going to be the assistant GM here. Like he had hit as high as he could climb in this organization. He's, he's at a higher level now. I can't fault him for that. No. Um, you know, I'm I've had very right little. <laughs> right now at work, I, I literally just finished my last interview yesterday because at the same, same company, right? But where I'm at, yeah. I've, I've, I'm at my spot and there's this really appealing new place and a new emerging technology where I'm, I'm, I'm leading. Looks, we'll see how it goes. But it's, I, I totally get that too. When you find that spot where you're kind of the master of your domain and that's where you're going to be, it's fun. It's fun to be the master of your domain and be the the absolute expert at what you do. But to be able to take that another another challenge and take that to the next level and then get that opportunity, I, I totally understand that. Very very personal. It was very nice. The Lions made a nice social media post, you know, thanking him for all his time and wishing him well. Um, that tells you they didn't mind him leaving um, because if he was going to leave in a huff, they wouldn't have done that. And I'll tell you this: I'm just gonna I'm I'm, I'm not you know not to be spurch. Lance's name, right? But 26 years, if we win it next year, maybe it was the Newmark curse. Maybe that's why we didn't make it all the way. <laughs> oh, my God, Chris. <laughs> I'm Yo, sure I he would laugh read... at that. I'm sure he would laugh at that. I, I, no, I'm not, yeah. being, right? I'm not being that serious here. I don't know him well. Like, I've, I've only met him, like, I won't say three times, and two of them were just like a handshake, like, hey, how you doing? Yep, yep. Um, and, I, and the other interaction was part of a group thing, so it wasn't like I know him well, right. but he'd probably 
probably how it shook. There was a lot of people that were like, you know, 26 years he was here. Like we had one good year. Like maybe it was time for him to go. Like <laughs> that's kind of callous, but right, you know, that's, I, 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 I don't fault anybody for thinking that. I mean, he being legacy when, when things change mm-hmm. quite a bit, as radically as the lions have, it can be uncomfortable to be in that situation too. And and who they've kept is is pretty impressive. Even that he he's been here this long and done this for this long with this team is is very very good. Um, so good for him, good for the team, and hopefully you know the 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 basketball team does well over there, and uh, we'll see where they go. Uh, let's let's keep rolling. I know we have uh, see, if, see if they so draft a quarterback time. or not. <laughs> um, another loss for the Lions. This happens. Folks were really worried about the AG and the the BJ. Uh, ben Johnson connections, and we, we've we've sealed those. But good teams lose players. It's good, and the Detroit Lions <laughs> lost coach Brian the Duke Duker to the Miami Dolphins. Um, it sucks, right? It sucks to lose a guy. It sucks to lose your guy, but it it so happens. He was here. a guy. He was a guy that was very instrumental in helping Iffy and Kirby become the players that they were in twenty twenty three. He, he was a safeties coach. He came from Baltimore, came from the Ravens, where he learned from, I think, I, I think top to bottom, the, the Ravens have the best coaching staff consistently in the league. Even their, office is damn good. their front office is damn good, too. Yeah, it's just- yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, and Duker had that sort of mentality. He did fit in. He was of the cloth, as we like to say. But he got an opportunity to go. Um, he... He got promoted to the entire DB's coach when Aubrey Pleasant got fired. And cornerbacks weren't really his thing. Um, And I think that was sort of reflected in the way that they've developed or not developed over the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. But he's a good coach. He's going to do well down in Miami. Wish him well. Uh, He was a guy that um, he, he he is very subtly funny. And if you don't know him, you're not going to pick up on it. So it was kind of kind of fun to see people that were meeting him for the first time. Like, oh, oh, like he's one of those guys that you can't ever tell if he's serious or not. Um, yeah. And as you know, Chris, I struggle with people like that because you're one of them, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was I know I and it's, I do that. I, I have that effect, not just on you. It, 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 I do. People are very confused sometimes. And they often yeah. I get this like, what's actually going on behind those eyes right now? I right. Can see something's yeah. happening. What the hell is it? Yeah. And I don't. It's literally it, it's just it's think about it. Like when your wife asks you what you're thinking about and it's literally nothing. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's just a look that I carry. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> the old German. Uh, there's nothing. Yeah, it, it's, it's fun. So um, he, he will be a loss, but they already have the replacement hired Deshae Townsend coming from Jacksonville. If you want to know Deshae Townsend's value, look at Tyson Campbell as a prospect and look where he's at now. And if you don't know who he is, watch the Jaguars. He's really good, really fast, got got a lot better very quickly. Deshae Townsend, former NFL player. I believe he played for the Steelers. I mm-hmm. That's where I remember from. I think he played somewhere else, too. Yep. But he's he comes well-regarded from Jacksonville. So <laughs> I, I'm excited to see what that is. Um, just one quick thing on that. They have not announced him or Terrell Williams as hiring yet. They're waiting for all that to get done, and they will make it in one fell swoop announcement. Thing, that way they don't have to have. 
more press conferences. <laughs> Good point from Rick Grit. Uh, can't be mad at a guy for advancing his career. Only so many opportunities in the NFL. That's right. And conversely, you need to hug and love AG and Ben Johnson because there are only so many opportunities in the NFL and they chose to stay. So give them certainly cuddle the ones you that's, love. That's for dang sure. Got nope. <laughs> all the ones you love. And with AG, we'll see what happens with the talent this year and we'll see what happens. And I have a feeling that AG is good. If, if he gets the upgrades that we, we, we believe he will, I think his value is really going to play itself out. And, and and we talked about this really, really early in that, that first draft. Um, <clears throat> what was the second draft actually? Uh, after, after Goff's first year here, we talked about, it's all about the offense because the clamoring and the crazy about throw Goff out. He's garbage. We need somebody else. Get Malik. Um, it was, well, we've I mean, got to shore hit- that up. We have to put the weapons there and shore that up. And the defense came second. And that's, that's, I, you can see it. That's the order they're building the team out. And I'll go back to the Super Bowl this year and uh, the playoffs last year. And the, you know, the, before that, the San Francisco 49ers would likely have three Super Bowls, two for sure, I feel like, if Jared Goff was their quarterback. Because the rest of the team is fire. They just, Brock Purdy is not a Jared Goff. He is great. And I know they say he's a game executive and that kind of thing. He is the missing link. That quarterback position, I think, is still the missing link for the San Francisco 49ers. That, that throw he missed to Ayuk is a throw that Jared Goff makes mm-hmm. and, and makes it on time where it needs to be. Um, Purdy does have the ability to run. That's nice. Uh, we, yeah. It's, it, it, would I like it if Jared possible. Goff could run a little bit more? Yeah, I would. But that. He is who he is, and he's doing he is doing such a good job with Ben, with Dan, with Mark Brunel, with um JT Barrett's part of this equation now. Tanner Engstrand is part of this equation now yeah. of maximizing what Goff can do. And to your point about the 2022 draft, they had to and I mean I said this wrong back then and, and I'll I'll go through it. At that time, I said they need to find out if Goff can be the guy by giving him more weapons. I was mistaken on that. They believed Goff was the guy. They just wanted to get him more weapons to make sure that everybody else saw it and that, that, that it validated yeah. what they did. They didn't. They didn't have that doubt that I had. Yeah, good for yeah. them. Yeah, and that. And then now, I didn't either. It's, just just for the record, now it's a, either. Now it's a case. <laughs> I know. I know. It now it's a case it. of now they have the belief in AG that a lot of Lions fans, a lot of people watching the show right now do not have. They want, they still want AG gone. There are people who want Steve Wilkes come in to his sixth team in as many seasons. That's when you're on your sixth team in as many seasons, it's probably a little bit about you. There's the saying, if every person you meet is an asshole, the one common denominator just might be the asshole, right? And then right. now, now I'm not I will he's say, Steve, don't get me wrong, right? No, it's not no, no he's not. He's not. Right. I, I, right. I've covered him, and I covered him in Cleveland. And I, one of the things that's always weirded me out is how people are so excited about him. Like he wasn't good in Cleveland. He wasn't. Yep. He just wasn't. Yep. Um, he he was great as an interim head coach. I think he got completely shafted in Arizona. He should have got been given a lot more time with that team. Yep. Um, he was he was doomed there by a GM that that you know we talked about Martin Mayhew not having a plan for like let's just draft the best available talent and not worry about how it fits in. And That's swing exactly what guys. Steve Kime did. 
Yeah, that's exactly what Arizona did, and it didn't work. Yeah. And he he was also unfortunately the fall guy for that. I will and say, looks credit for his a, defense in Carolina too when he was there, not just as interim head coach because that defense that year was 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 they were common. They were they very were good. good. Yep. Yeah, but it, it, it's at some point it's going to be like, can you last anywhere more than a year? I mean, again, some of it's not his fault, but right. You're going to look that, especially if you're hiring somebody like that. Like, imagine you're you're interviewing somebody, and they're like, "This is going to be my seventh job in eight years." Like, why? You know, that, is, that's going to automatically set off a. It should anyway set off an alarm bell. Like, it sets it sets wow. the tone for who is this person, right? So you right. you have you 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 know people have bias. And you now color this person with the idea that they don't last. I wonder why. I think I want to take a chance right. on them. They interview well. They really look good. But that that preconceived notion is there. And when it starts to prove itself, when you you, you just happen to do something like everybody else does, ah, you made him uptight one day. Oh yeah, he doesn't last. I see it, that those things start cropping up in people's heads. And it's it's one of the things where like in your your workday, manage your perceptions, manage what people think about you yeah. because they get those notions. It's really really hard to shake those free. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it Fair or not, that's where Steve Wilkes is at now. Yeah. That's unfortunate yeah. because he is a good guy. He's a very good guy. Uh, yeah. And he is a good coach. Yeah. I don't think that he's this super human thing that a lot of people have made him up to be. I also don't think he was a scapegoat in, in San Francisco. He didn't fit. Remember, they got late into the game last year because D'Amico Ryan's left. He was their defensive coordinator. Anybody else was pretty much gone. They like Steve Wilkes was the best name, and they, they tried to make it work, and it didn't work. It, much like Anthony Lynn, by the way, was in the Super Bowl with San Francisco. Um, Isn't he now he with the basketball team? Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, okay. uh, yes, he's a good coach. He's a good offensive coordinator. He was not that in Detroit. It just it didn't work. It just for, for whatever reason, you can't work with everybody. It just doesn't work that way sometimes. So. It, it's, different it's, mindset. It's neither he, good nor bad. It just is. I can say he and, didn't fit the mindset in Detroit, right? Yeah. And the the culture, and it's a very specific culture in Detroit. Yeah, but it's a yeah. very specific specific culture they look for in their building, which is why, like, when everybody was talking about, don't worry so much about positional value worry everything about the cultural fit of the player. That I'm telling you guys, and, and I mean, they, we talk about it, and we see it. Don't fall in love with talent first because if talent first is not how they're going to look at these players, I, you know, you, you look at some, you know, the hutch pick over some other guys. Why? Culture fit, culture fit, culture fit a hundred percent of the time. And that's what they're looking for. I, I, I Brad told us that in his year ending press conference. He's like, over not over. everybody can be a lion. Yep. He's not lying to you folks. Listen yeah. to him. Yeah. It means he also something. told you they're not going to be, they're not going to be big spenders in the free agent market. Listen to him. Believe him. Yep. They're not. It means something now. It, it didn't before. But if you say something about a about a prospect agree. and say this guy's this guy is a Detroit Lion, that means something. Five years ago, that meant oh he's an overpaid free agent that you're going to sign and you're going to downgrade at that position, right? That's the Quinn model. No, to be a Detroit Lion, to be called a Detroit Lion as a player means something very very specific and very very important, and that's. Yeah something people should look for if they're looking at talent and thinking about talent in the draft. I'll just say um, it came up in the Slack and I got on it right before I came into here in our Patreon Slack channel. Please, please join. It is an intelligent chat. We're actually having really good intelligent conversations about the Lions and football in general. Super Bowl, Super Bowl conversation was fantastic. I thought it was great. But I put in there a player that that's getting mocked to the Lions a lot. 
getting projected as somebody that fits. And uh, I put it in there, and I'll, I'll leave it in there if anybody wants to put it in the comments. Feel free if you saw it. But there's a there's a player who we came and Chris, I think you came to the same conclusion with this yep. player yep. coming out of Mobile. He's not. He's not it. Nope. He's not. He won't fit what this team wants. It just doesn't. Yep. Um, and you're going to have to trust my radar on that. You're going to have to trust Chris's radar on it. Um, I know um, Mike Payton, who was down there, came to kind of the same conclusion. I haven't really talked with him extensively about it, but I know he's alluded to it. Uh, well, he listens. I'm just joking. Mike, I'm fucking with you. Don't I, I hope so. Mike's <laughs> a good man. dude. I know. Mike, Mike I, I was, like three was, miles that way. He's a I was guy. giving him a hard time. Um, I, I like Mike. Um, Mike, by the way, has an ex- incredible hat collection. Um, I'm a little jealous of. So good on you, Mike. Okay. like that guy. Um, really quick question before we get into the next topic. Um, yeah. Is Steve Wilkes the Jim Caldwell? It's interesting because Steve Wilkes, I think, has a lot of talent and could help the Detroit Lions. But I think he is at his perception of his perception and kind of his positional level and where his positional level is. He just there's not a spot for him on the team. Like, I don't think he could take a John Fox kind of position. Right. He wouldn't. And, 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 and he wants to be the guy. You know what I mean? And and, yeah. and I think he deserves a shot because he's a smart guy. He did great work in Carolina. I think he's a little scapegoated in uh, in San Fran. But um, I would love to have him there. But I just don't think he would kind of, if you will, settle for the kind of role that we would want to have him in. And we already have John Fox in that role. And yeah. Foxy's, Foxy's doing a good job. Yes, he's, I love me some Fox. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, don't. I have, a good, I have a good John Fox story for when I'm skill drunk. Skill without sometime. will is nothing. Jousting Mouse, please don't say it was Quinion Mitchell. No, 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 it, no. He's he's oh, he will not have him on the team. <laughs> he will not be <laughs> available. The they would have to trade up to probably number eleven overall to get him. Yep. He's yep. going that high. He will be the one or two cornerback. Again, it's very early. I can't say there's any validity, but I will be stunned if he lasts past pick 12, 13. He yeah. and Terry and Arnold are the two top corners in this draft. Dream on if you think that the Lions are getting those guys because they're not. They're just not going to be there. And I, Chris, you said this, and we talked with Ryan Boer, who was on with us last week. We had this conversation with a lot of people in Mobile. Most people are of the opinion that if the Lions are going to trade, they're going back, not up. And it makes me sad because every year I come out with a crush for the senior bowl. Yeah. The last two years, they've been the big boys. You know how much I've, I've, I've just loved the pit and the big boys and the line yeah. work. Um, yeah. JPJ is my, I love he's, that man. I just love him. Jackson Powers Johnson. He so just he, so he, he does, I know he won't he be He does there. interviews. Get him on the gas um, mask. So fantastic. Get him the gas mask bong somebody or, or, or AI the picture on the draft day so we can get him because I want him. I want him so bad. <laughs> One of the things that came out is that when, when kids ask him for his signature, he signs his actual name. When it's an adult coming up to him, he signs a turd Ferguson. <laughs> like, dude, just freaking gets it, man. I love that. Oh, the, the thing crazy. I love about it is that we say all the time, we could have talked to him for an hour. He would have talked to us for an hour. Yeah. Like, he was perfectly willing. He, should, he, he and Christian Jones hallway. both. Yeah, they're shooting, they're, <laughs> he was shooting shit with us in the hallway after the, the meeting. Was. Was just like, yeah. just like hey, Absolutely you my mom listened. It was so, what a great guy. What a fantastic what a dude. I, I love him. For him, but he's, He's going to be um, all, all the Seattle people that I know are like, he's, he's coming here. Yeah. Again, it's too early to know, but uh, that's not see in the that North. In, Please not in the North. And the Knox. And, yeah. That happened with so my let, guy. Can, we, can, we bring, can I bring up a spontaneous one today? Because the Bears cut two players today. 
Yeah, they that's cut good. Eddie Jackson, and they cut Cody Whitehair. Eddie Jackson, I like a lot. I don't think he's coming to Detroit. Cody Whitehair, I would freaking love in Detroit. There's your Jonah Jackson replacement. Oh, by the way, he can also play center. So Graham Glasgow and he can back up one another. Uh, Whitehair, right now, if you if you sign him, he's he didn't have a great year in Chicago. That's fair. He, his play is kind of leveled. Yep. And he's like he's like a little below. Pro Bowl level most of the time, uh, but he fits the scheme. He, Hank can work with him. He's he's good dude. Man. Hank he, can work with he, anybody. Hank's the man. That, that's true. <laughs> uh, but I I would I would strongly advocate to pursue Cody Whitehair. Um, mm-hmm. Just one other thought on that. Evan Brown's a free agent. Oh wow, dude! I didn't that. Thank you for that. Oh my god! I got to particularly like his time in Seattle, from what I've been told. Either I've, I've got to so, tune my antenna. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because I know the Lions love Evan. They love Evan, and they absolutely need him as your sixth, as your top interior reserve lineman. He can play all three of those spots capably. They, they need Evan. that guy badly. They we love want- Evan, and he developed and played well with yeah. Hank. He was a really, really good fit, yeah. man. You know, n- nothing against Yoda, nothing against mm-hmm. any of the other guys, but Evan Brown's better than them. Um, let, let him play it out. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, th- I don't think he's going to break the bank. for. So the Eagles, let's go. We'll move we'll through this here because I have to leave virtually. Julian O'Quara is now a Philadelphia Eagle. They signed him for $2.6 million. I don't get that at all. Like, they're going to let Hassan Reddick go and try to replace him with Julian O'Quara? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, so, okay, if you're, if you're getting rid of Reddick because he makes too much money, why are you paying a Lions healthy scratch? Lions, the Lions were really good at getting pressure. They were very good at getting sacks. Right. Julian was part of that, and he couldn't crack the rotate. Like, what are you doing, Philly? Come on. I mean, it's the, it's the Bob Quinn model. It's the Bob Quinn model, and the Patricia rubbed off on him, and it's stuck. The stink is there. Um, I don't get that. Don't bring get him home. Wrong. I'd rather sign Evan Brown. Uh, a lot of stuff here. Um, Glasgow, this is great when you think about Evan. Glasgow looked horrible his last couple seasons in Denver, but when he got to Detroit, he looked a lot better. He was hurt. That was, that was part of it. He was, he was really hurt. I mean, they, they talked about having to amputate his foot potentially with the injury that he had because he had blood vessel damage. Um, that, that explains you, a lot. And that's why I was vessels. skeptical. They just make you bleed. I, I, if you go back in time and rewind, I was very skeptical of Graham Glasgow being more than a backup because I, I watched it. I, I saw the injury happen. Yep. Like, I wasn't there, but I watched it. And, like, yep. I, I know it was very serious, and it really inhibited his ability he finally got healthy, and guess what? We got it. We got ourselves a good guard, and I would be very surprised if he's not back. Yep, very right. surprised. Let me really quick get to the last topic. We talked a lot, a little bit about it with Emery. If you didn't see Emery go back after we're done talking, go back and watch him. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's he's spectacular. But he's the best. Mathieu Betts, because I say it like that. He signs a contract with the Detroit Lions, and there's a lot of talk about it. We talked a little bit about it with with Emery. Why don't you just kind of rehash a little bit of that and uh, give us your thoughts, Riz? Yeah, so this is a guy who um, blossomed. So 18 sacks in 18 games last year in Canada, playing their rules. Again, they have to. They, they can't line up like right on the line. They do not have a hand in the dirt. He's a stand-up rusher. The three seasons before that, again, 18-game seasons, he had seven sacks. 
So it just sort of clicked for him finally. When you're evaluating what Matthew Betts can be for the Lions, consider both. Consider the fact that he got seven sacks in 54 games, and then he got 18 and 18 in a contract year. Probably a little bit of skepticism needed, but the Lions, they, they're trying. I don't fault them for doing it. I, I gave him a better chance of making this team than Julian O'Quire would have had he come back, which yep. wasn't going to happen. But he, he's, he is a hustle, hustle hit, never quit guy to, uh, to, uh, my, my senior point roommate's tattoo that he had on his back um, as his mantra. Um, that, that's the kind of guy he is. He, he needs work. Well, I will say this. I did not watch him with the BC Lions last year. I actually did a couple of years before that. But when he was coming out of college, and the reason why he didn't make it out of rookie minicamp with the Bears as a rookie, he didn't know what to do with his hands. Like, he just he didn't – it wasn't refined. So hopefully he's learned on that um, because then he's got a shot to do it and at least be a rotational guy that competes for reps in the way that um, uh, Trevor Nowoski did at linebacker last year and wound up making the team because he was good on special teams. Um, now, uh, by the way, he's going to he's gonna be penciled in as a starting linebacker at Arizona next year. And good for him. A couple Trevor things. Uh, question for Brandon. Jeff Chris regarding Betts. Is he another James Houston or a compliment to him? He's a guy that I think of as that kind of a story. He comes in. Expectations yeah, are story, where they he's are. He's a lot bigger. Yeah. Yeah. But well, the expectations are where they are. He's coming in with a, well, he's a prove it. He's got to show that he can do it. And yeah. look, I'm the thing about Betts for me, and this is, you know, I think a lot more people are comfortable here than they were last year and the year before and the year before. In the whole concept of trust Holmes, he knows what he's looking for. Those scouts know what they're doing. They rise and find talent in places that, that other other people don't. The other thing is, Betts wanted to come to Detroit. He chose Detroit over some other couple other teams that wanted him. That's a th- we go back Good to point. the culture fit. Culture, culture, culture. This is a thing where he has, I think, the best surrounding cast, the best motivation, and the real opportunity to be everything he can be. And that's where I look at this and say, holy cow, this guy just might be a James Houston type of story. Chris, I just had the epiphany there. The BC lions were at training camp one day last year. <laughs> Interesting. That's, I, I, become, I literally just color. put that together. They, <laughs> they have, they, they have the same color. Cause I thought they were bowling green. Cause they have the same colors as bowling green and as BC BG. And I'm like, what is bowling green doing that? Oh, oh, and there's like there's like four dudes from there. So they, they probably got some inside information on that. too. Yep. yep, yep. Just, just I just put that together. All right. So we've got him on board. Um, <laughs> question came in. Are you concerned about JMO's lack of production? The combat sec. We've talked about that a lot in the slack and I just no. Um, no. we we've talked about why He's his season good. was the way the season was. And I'll just kind of sum it up with the young man has grown and matured and Everybody in that situation from his 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 players, his colleagues, the coaching staff, the front office and JMO himself have handled this just absolutely perfectly, man. This is you're watching the maturation of a young man at speed under the bright lights that rarely do you get to see happen in the NFL? Rarely do they get that kind of time, that kind of uh, investment of, of coaching in, in the staff and everything. And, and, and do they, rarely do they accept it and, and grow with it. Right. This goes, I think, look, he's been good. early culturally, maybe. Uh, but when you look at the soul of the young man and how he's done this, 
This is the this is the Brad Holmes. Brad Holmes saw something that maybe a lot of other people would have missed, or the scouting staff saw something that they would have missed, and it's not a talent thing with him that they that other people would have missed. I have really high expectations for for JMO next year. I believe he's going to be an integral part of this offense, and I think people are going to be absolutely just blown away by what he brings. I love this story. I love this kid and what what he it, it just what I this. And I hope so. I'm I'm, I'm writing the story early, but in 15 years, this is going to be a success story. I think that people can point to and say, yeah, players can be your hero. I I, I just think that that's where this kid's trajectory is. Everything we've seen, everything I've heard about it so far from, you know, inside and around, this is really going to be a fantastic story. And it's, it's not the ending, but for the season, at least the happy ending to the season that we really, really hoped for when the season was beginning with what we were hearing there. I'll just add real quick. Um, the first two years Devontae Adams was in Green Bay, they freaking hated that guy. People wanted mm-hmm. him run out of town because he wasn't there yet, and he matured, and now he's phenomenal, and they miss him. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to say that J-Mo can be that, that level of productivity because that's, that's probably not the kind of receiver that he is in this okay. offense, okay. but he can be very, very good. He will be the number two receiver with Amon Ra, who is apparently about to sign a contract extension. That came out today as well. Yep. Um, trust the source on that uh, because I, I checked on the source. <laughs> it sounds legit to me. Yep. So, uh, yeah, uh, and you're going to be looking at, Three to four years at twenty-five to twenty-seven five per year. You know, he's worth it. Yep. Um, really quick on bets, Steve Shattuck, you've nailed it. Ash can interview bets without a translator. Let's get that going. We'll set that up. Uh, <laughs> good stuff. Love it. Ah, oh, man. All right. Hey. I will try so hard not to ask Matthew Betts if he likes Rush. <laughs> Please hit like and subscribe. We haven't asked in a bunch of shows and we try to do it once a show but please hit the like button hit the subscribe button help folks find us and help us continue to grow and do our thing uh you're doing other people a favor because we get recommend recommended to them and you're doing yourself a favor because hey you know we don't quit we don't give up we keep at it because what what is it all grit never never quit quit. don't take shit (laughs) that's the third line that has to be on that tattoo but that's where we're at so hit the like subscribe we appreciate you and it helps us out a great deal thank you everyone who does that um for the show we, we have to talk about things like the patreon don't forget about us there it's great conversations it's it's at a level that it's it's surpassed where it's, it's been. It's going really well right now, <laughs> especially especially the channels that I like. I avoid some of them, but like mock drafts and Lions chat is where I'm at. I love it. It's, it's great right now. Fantastic. Great, great conversation. Thank you to the new members who are bringing it. Like they're coming in. Like you are respected. Your voice. Yeah, it, it's cool. It's yeah. cool to get the different input. A lot of that gatekeepy thing has been cleaned out. It's a good time, a good place. We're not. Folks. We're not. We're not people who are going to shout you down for making a suggestion or. Mm-hmm. De- not agreeing with Chris or me or Ash or Ross no, or no. any of the people that are in there. Well, there's a couple of people that are a little gatekeepy, but uh, we try not to be that. Steve-O, bets definitely air drums when Tom Sawyer's being played. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast and at Jeff Risden at DET Lions Podcast. All the show notes, announcements, when we're going to be on, what we're doing, what's going on, all that stuff is there. It's also the place where we're pants-free. I mean, we're pants-free everywhere, but that's where we're always pants-free. Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Riz, tell them what happens when they hit that sub button. I get to come into your ear holes automatically. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no hot tubs, no problems because I will beat your ass. And we're your Detroit Lions <laughs> <laughs> and Reddit connection. <laughs>
Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.